Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to engage with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness along their individual journeys. Our hope is to inspire you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. Grind while they sleep. Don't stay in bed unless you can make money in bed. Sleep when you're dead. How many of these memes, quotes, or photos have you seen lately glorifying the almighty hustle? I sure have, because I've even shared a couple myself. You guys know I never set aside the importance of having to put in the work and sacrifice to achieve your intended success. Today's conversation, however, gave me pause as it left me full of respect, humility, and hope. Thing is, my next guest, Ian Farah, has experienced the ups and downs of an incredible career in a way that very few people can truly understand. As a sales professional, entrepreneur, and founder of Far North Limited and Carpway Limited, Ian Farah has 20 years in global business development roles. With a strong global network of influential contacts to call on, Ian has founded, scaled, and exited companies in his native Northeast. Ian also has an impressive experience holding non-executive directorships for public sector organizations. As a self-confessed social evangelist, Ian embraces relationships across many social platforms. Founding and hosting UK's top-ranking business podcast, Industry Angel, saw Ian nominated for a 2016 European Influencer Award alongside juggernauts Gary Vaynerchuk and Tim Ferriss. As an accomplished keynote speaker, Ian often shares his burnout experience that landed him pushing through business meetings with beta blockers and ultimately collapsing in the hospital. Ian subsequently fired himself from corporate life in 2015. With a calling to share his thoughts on culture and leadership, Ian speaks passionately about the need for leaders to protect their teams from workplace stress. In addition, Ian also explains his love for personal branding through content creation and calls for his audience to begin their own projects as no one is coming to save you. This incredible conversation was a blessing in disguise. Ian's personal account was a welcome reminder that we have an inherent responsibility to take care of our mental health and that success, however that looks for you, should not come at the expense of your personal well-being. It was an amazing conversation, which I do hope you'll enjoy. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 138 with Ian Farah. Here we go. So first and foremost, uh, it's always fun uh, to connect with people, you know, across the pond, all over the world. It's amazing. That's the beauty of podcasting and connecting with people you otherwise would not. And it's with the the magic of the universe and the wonderful world of WhatsApp. So thanking Naga, thanking Mo for connecting us. And this, you know, when you meet like-minded people, you have to say thank you to the universe and thank you, Ian, for being here. But also one thing I just want to open up, uh, because as you know, I don't do much homework in regards to, you know, the guests I have on because I like to have this sort of naive and very curious uh, aspect to the to how we connect so we could be meeting up in a coffee shop for the first time and it would be the same innocence that I bring to it so I've only listened to one episode uh one not I've listened to a lot of your episodes but in terms of you being a guest I've only listened to one which really hit me that was the school for fathers podcast uh you did last November and I really I'm I'm very thankful that I did that because the one one thing I want to open up this conversation with is I want to celebrate you, Ian, because on that recording, uh, you showed a lot of vulnerability, a lot of courage, and a lot of, um, you know, 
acceptance in regards to the growth and the progression uh, from where you came and to having you here with us right now. And I want to celebrate you for that because it takes, in your own words, tremendous courage to take ownership and, you know, just decide to become the master of your destiny, whether psychologically, whether emotionally, whether physically, whether even career-wise, because you've definitely done, done some amazing things. But once you took that decision, you know, to address uh, the greater issues that were going on, you know, past the burnout and past all those challenges and to know that you're still with us, because as you know, mental health, men's health, uh, you know, it's something that I really, I really connect with and something I really champion. So hearing people who, who, who defend uh, that mindset and people who are all about that in regards to helping us understand the greater issues that maybe go unspoken. Um, it's something that I really, that I'm really touched by. And I really want to celebrate you for, first of all, doing the work and, you know, just honoring the fact that you're still with us. And again, Ian, thank you for all that you're doing. And of course, welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Mr. Dave, thank you so much. That was one heck of an introduction, my friend. You've done your homework. (laughs) (laughs) I try. I try. I try. And uh, for me, it's all about uh, the honesty and the sincerity, because what I try to uh, promote on this program is the fact that we can all come from so many walks of life, but we all can connect with different human experiences, such as fear, such as uh, overwhelm, such as stress, such as, uh, you know, burnout and, you know, everything that goes with it. It's all about everybody talks about the grind. Everybody talks about the hustle. Everybody talks about success, 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 success. But as of recently, especially with this entire craziness of a pandemic happening right now, a lot of people have kind of had to come to terms with the fact that, you know what, it is okay to admit to yourself that maybe somewhat kind of you should probably take the time to take your foot off the gas and understand that, you know what, the first thing you need to mind is yourself. And just opening up that conversation, Ian, in regards to a lot of people are still trying to hold on to this kind of normalcy. But through your experience, when you try too hard to, you know, just push it and hustle and grind and just put in the hours, that can have dire consequences. And for yourself, that's something you lived, not just once, but a couple of times. It's short-termism, Olivier, um, pushing that hard. Lunches for losers and, you know, this hustle mentality and this hustle mode that we, that we do, it's really short-termism. You can push for a couple of years, but then it's going to come and get you. It's going to come and bite you. So, uh it's, it's interesting you talk about characteristics and feelings. The one thing that I'm seeing a lot more is imposter syndrome. I do coaching and I, I speak to quite a lot of people via the podcast. And mm-hmm. as part of my business coaching role, I'll go in and speak to leaders, you know, and these leaders could be, could be the top of the tree, the top of the tree with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of staff, but themselves that don't believe they should be there or they doubt themselves or they have this imposter syndrome and, when you scrape the surface, Olivier, what you realize is we all put our genes on one leg at a time. You know, we, we look at these people from afar and go, wow, they're rock stars and they're movie stars. And this guy's six foot 11 and he's, he's 45 stone. And you have pure muscle with actually when you get in, get in front of them, they're like five foot eight and they're not as big and tall and as handsome and muscly as you think, you know, it's madness. And it's been kind of a revelation when you realize that because I had to go through that aspect of, you know, every time that you keep telling everybody that you're fine, you're fine, or you have to keep promoting that image of that projective image, what people think about you. And when you realize that eventually you're running out of steam, 
or you know you're admitting to yourself that you're unhappy or you're realizing that you know what this job is probably not that good for me or you know i'm taking on too much or i'm refusing to admit that you know but i'm no i'm supposed to be okay just brush it off like what are you talking about it's like feelings what, what are you talking about I'm like what i can't be depressed but no you're right that imposter syndrome can chip away at you to a point where you know you might have to you know consider the fact that you might need help and what i realized through my own experiences and also all the other conversations i've had is the fact that most people aren't willing to admit to themselves that they might need help and that is i believe you know something that we need to work on especially men because men i believe don't talk enough ian and i don't understand why that is yeah, I, I don't know either. I honestly don't know either. I'm, I'm quite a sensitive chap, quite a gentle guy. Um, you know, I, I, I do wear my heart on my sleeve and I, and I don't mind being, being vulnerable, Olivier, that you mentioned at the top of the show. I don't mind showing my, my you know, in terms of Brené Brown's latest, you know, the courage books that she has. And it's all about stripping armor off and being vulnerable, which is authentic, you know, and I, and I hope people don't think those are cliche terms because, you know, I do believe you should show your vulnerabilities. And I don't know why other people don't do it because I think sometimes it's like wearing a mask, isn't it? You know, you, you pull down that mask and you might stand on a stage and you might be a public speaker, you might be a teacher, you might be whatever, but wearing a mask is very, very tyrant extremely tiring and uh you end up getting home on an evening and taking that mask off and just being you're just going to burn out you, you just won't be there for that long it's a temporary measure so i'd rather just you know not wear the mask and just put your hand on the senior is i'm not feeling too good today you know i, I got a i got a text message off my friend tonight was supposed to go out for a meal mm-hmm. and um he texted me earlier on and said mate I, I can't come out this evening and i said what's up he said i had a few drinks the weekend i had a bit too much I'm feeling a bit anxious. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm not doing too well and I'm not coming out. And I said, look, what I'll do is I'm going to finish work early. I'm going to take you to the gym. We're going to work out for an hour. We don't have to go crazy. We're just going to work out together and just, you know, get a bit of a sweat on, have a chat. And if you want to go home after that's fine. But if you want to get a shower and go for that meal with our friends, then so be it. But the first stage is I'm going to get you out of the house. Cause if you don't get out of the house tonight, you're going to feel bad tomorrow. You're going to feel bad the next day until you've got the courage on Thursday to get out. Now I'm going to help you break that cycle. I'm going to help you break it tonight. And, and that's it. So I'll be doing that when I leave here. Because some nice. people don't have that. Some people don't have that self-awareness or that emotional intelligence. And that's not being disrespectful to people. That's just saying sometimes you have to make people aware that they're wearing a mask and they need some help. So it's on us as well to help each other. How do we um, shape, because you're also very big uh, about mindset and again, about that self-awareness. You've spoken a lot about that, but how do we, because for some people right now, it's very hard. It's easy to say, you know, know, shape your mind, shape your universe, shape your reality. But would you have any form of, you know, just tips in regards to helping people just navigate that difficulty of, you know, reshaping our internal dialogue. It's like, oh, you know, as you said, you know, just going to stay home and just like, you know, lay it out and everything. But no, as you said, you're supposed to picture things differently, say different words, interpret the situation differently, because sometimes you need that support system to actually have the outside look and tell you like, you know what? No, that's not what you should be doing. You should take yourself and take yourself to the gym and do something else more productive and would you how did you come about you know just building that consistent mindset of growth and then looking at things in a more proactive way as opposed to just like okay just settling with that negative internal dialogue which can you know just chip away at you know our our own personal self-esteem 
it's a really good point. I'm going to sound a little bit arrogant here with an answer, but I, but I don't mean to be, and I, and I will circle back to it. But my father, he was, um, he is a very strong man. He's always trained in a gym. I think he's about 78 now. He's been a manual worker. He worked uh, in the shipyards here in the UK. He oh, wow. also was a, um, he was a reservist. So he was involved in the territorial army, they call it here as a paratrooper. So he, he did his, he did his wings. He jumped out of airplanes and, he always pushed himself and from being a boy, I used to be on the back of his uh, back in the, in, in the, uh, in the sitting room, we called here in the UK lounge, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd be doing his squats. So he'd have me on my back and then he'd put my sister on the back as well and be doing his three sets of eight squats and bursting out. So I didn't realize, but I was learning off Brian Farrer. I was learning about fitness, about mental health, about how it can't be something that you dip in and out of, you know, it's something you do every day. That's it. So that, and that's a habit. Now I didn't realize, but, but I, I had that habit in me and, I, and I've ran since I was probably about 10 or 11 when my parents would let me go. I've jogged, I run on the hills and, and running on the hills for me is my time to think. I don't really do it for fitness. I do it for the mental time, the, the meditation space. Oh, wow. I can kind of file off everything that happens during the day. And, and if I don't run, I can really feel my mind getting clogged up. So it's just a way of mentally filing things off. And I do other things. I, I box, I weight train, that kind of thing. And like I say, I don't mean to, to be, come across as arrogant if they check out the things that I not do. Not at all, not at all. But what I realized is that if that has to be a habit and there is no, I'm going to train for the next few months and lose a bit of weight because in three months later, you'll put that weight back on. Or I'm going to go and I'm going to go paddle boarding or I'm going to go and learn how to canoe because I need something in my life for the next few months. I'm not feeling too good. It has to be something that you can do forever. And if that just means walking in the hills or on the beach, then it just has to be something. So going back to the start where I said, you know, I didn't want to come across as big because some people might, might be able to do that right now. Some people might be, you know, really overweight. Some people might be anxious about leaving the front door because they don't want to see anybody. They might have, um, you know, feelings of just nervousness about actually breaking that duck and doing it. But the one thing you have to do is start because no one's coming to save you. No one's going to come and open that door and say, come on, get them shoes on. I'm taking you for a walk. It starts with you and you're the only person that can break that cycle. So what I say to people is, look, the evening before, put your equipment out on the floor. So put your running shoes or your, your, your tracksuit bottoms, your, your hoodie, whatever it may be. Lay it out on the floor. And when you get up in the morning, it's the first thing you do is put those on. Don't set yourself a target that you're going to go and run for two miles or five miles because that's not achievable mm-hmm. if you haven't run before. The thing you need to do is, the target is, put your trainers on. That's it. Put your trainers on, open the front door. Because once you've got your trainers on and the door is open, you will walk out of it. And once you've walked out of it, you will run for 100 meters or you will walk for 300 meters. And that's the start. That's where it starts. So don't be setting yourself up. I'm going to go and run five miles tomorrow because you won't do it. You will not do it. And that's, it doesn't have to be running. It can be anything in life. It's like, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to get 132 episodes, Olivier. I think you're running around about now. Mm-hmm. That's not where you start. You start a podcast because you think, you know, yes, I'd love to be a podcast. I really want to start. I'm going to give myself a target. I'm going to get a 10 or 20. I'm not going to stop after seven because that's the usual term, isn't it? Pod fade. People mm-hmm. fade off after seven. But you never, you didn't think you'd get 130 yard, maybe? No, 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 no. I just said, you know what? Let's just start with one and then yep. we'll do a next one and then we'll do another one. That's exactly how it happened. One episode at a time. Yeah. 
And that's every single life, isn't it? Yeah, you've heard that analogy, haven't you? How to eat an elephant? Mm-hmm. One, 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 bite bite one bite at a time. So, so yeah, in, in terms of my mindset, that, that's how I kind of approach things. But don't get me wrong, I struggle. I struggle. You know, no kidding. I, I do wear a mask sometimes. Um, but I know you've just got to push. And, and I know that sounds, again, it sounds quite arrogant to say, oh, well, just push. You just have to because no one's coming to save you. It really is on you. I know that. No one is going to do this for me. It's on me. It's like you said, it sounds very much out of a postcard, but many people underestimate the importance of a decision, the impact of a decision. Just waking up today, right now, at this moment, and what is it that you want to do? Okay, do that. What does it take? As you said, you know, I want to write that book. Um, I want to start this podcast. I want to do whatever it is. And you're right, it transitions to anything in life. A lot of people say, okay, they see like the $10 million lifestyle, you know, Instagram poster thing. But no, like, listen, what is it that you want to do? You want to start walking? You want to be in better shape? You still have to get up, put your shoes on. That in itself is a victory. You know, the importance of your choice, the important, the impact of a decision. And, you know, you can tell us a bit about that in regards to, because I want to talk about also your pivot. Because you've spoken at large in regards to, you know, just being in corporate land, as you put it. And again, the lifestyle was, you know, was pretty cool. Traveling. And as you said, like, okay, you were being on the bacon because, you know, your spouse was also being home, being the mother and the divide and conquer. That came at a cost. But when you, you know, after a burnout or two, realize that, you know, I can't do this anymore. I'm no longer happy. And then you just pivoted. Okay. I don't know where this is going to go, but I know I don't want to be here. And a lot of people are still stuck in that loopian. And it's frightening and it's becoming a little bit, it's not even a little bit, it's still consistently going, people being stuck in situations that they don't like, whether it's in jobs or relationships, but it all starts with the decision. What is it that you want? And I'm sure you can understand that fear. I'm sure you can understand that hesitation. And how can we help them, Ian? Yeah, it, it does. It, it comes down to what do you want? And what I thought in my 30s, what I wanted was money. I thought I wanted money and I wanted cars and I wanted houses but you keep looking all the time because once you get something, you keep looking for the next thing. And, you know, I'm looking now, I've got a Casio G-Shock on my arm. I'm wearing <laughs> a pair of Nike, um, what are these? Uh, Nike Jordan shoes. And I've got a beat up Subaru in the, in the car park. What I don't have is the Omega or the Rolex on my arm. I haven't got the Mercedes keys in my pocket and I'm not sporting a pair of, you know, flash shoes because your shrouds don't have any pockets, you know, there was no point in making all this money, 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 money to, to drive the car, which literally I'll drive the Mercedes. And then after three months, I get bored of it and then think that's not fulfilling me. It's just a car. So then I've got the nice car, but then I can't take my kids on holiday because we've got no money. Other kids want to go to the swimming pool or the cinema, but we haven't got any money this month. So it's kind of like, I don't know when the penny drops, Olivia. This is the thing. I do not know when that drops. But for me, I got to a point where I thought, I'm earning. I was earning big money. Okay. Why am I earning that money to buy a car that I can't afford to impress the guy next door who I don't like and don't even speak to because he's got a better car than me? Wow. So I'm doing a job I don't like to impress people that mean nothing to me. And I'm, and I'm not enjoying it along the way. And what, why? What was I doing? So it's funny because people say they've got mortgage anxiety. So for instance, you do buy the big house and I felt trapped because I, I bought this big house. My family were living in it. I had to continue to pay for it. 
But then I thought, you know what it is? I can literally earn half the amount that I'm earning right now if I wanted to. All I had to do was cut my cloth. All I had to do was get rid of the watches and the cars and the clothes and the money and the restaurants and things like that because that doesn't mean anything. It's absolutely meaningless in life. You know, I don't have to go traveling over to, to your side of the pond. I could take my kids to the Lake District here in the UK and have a beautiful time. And I'm here. And what I mean by here is I don't mean I'm not in the office. I mean, actually physically here, not under six foot under the earth, mm-hmm. because that's the way I was going to be if I kept working the way I was going to do. And it all goes with that, I, that uh, misguided sense of achievement or what let's call it success that we always have in mind. And, you know, going back to, you know, the impression of the hustle, like, you know, just sleep, sleep when you're dead and like, you know, 4 a.m. that you'll be working and answering emails. And because I did that for a really long time. And it's only when my son was born that I realized that, A, uh, something doesn't change. I'm either going to miss out. I'm going to miss out again uh, because when my daughter was born, I did a lot of that. And when my son was born, I was not only going through a really huge bout of depression and overwhelm and burnout, but also I'm either going to severely damage my marriage or something else even more dire is going to happen. And it takes a lot of self-reflection, a lot of looking at yourself in the mirror and admitting what works and what doesn't. And for a lot of people, looking into that mirror is the most frightening thing. And, uh, you know, I realize that if you don't do that work uh, towards, you know, your inner self, you, you're missing out on the, the amazing things that you could be achieving. But it has to work from start from within. And I'm wondering if you had that struggle along your journey. I had a few indicators, Olivier, that, that, I, that I couldn't ignore. Um, health being one of them, you know, um, You've alluded to the, the burnout. I think I broke down about three times. Um, one of them being at work where like, I literally could only see out a very, very small piece of my vision. So like tunnel vision. Um, and I left, I got, I had a bit of a panic attack and I picked my keys up and I drove um, down the motorway and I drove way, way, way too fast because I was so scared. And, uh, you know, I, I remember, I remember it really plain as day. Do I turn left to go to the hospital? Or do, do I turn right to go home? And, and I went home and I collapsed and I was out for, I can't even remember, 14, 16 hours. I don't even know. I was just flat out. And, and then I was taking beta blockers after that to get through meetings. And I was, you know, so I was medicating meetings, which is just crazy. Um, and my, my diet was failing. I, I, I was bloated. I felt sick all the time. Your heart and your gut and your head are so linked. And I didn't realize how, so I was getting real bloating experiences. So I had cameras down the throat, chest x-rays, ultrasound scans. I was t- totally fine. You know the story. I was totally mm-hmm. fine. I was just burning out. I was just pushing too hard. And for what? So there was that aspect that I couldn't ignore, but I would still the next day even discharge myself out of the hospital and get back to work, which was crazy. That's crazy. Um, but that's... I, I remember one day I came back from China. I'd been away in China for a week. And um, my wife picked me up with my son and uh, my newborn, Jessica. I say newborn, I say maybe maybe one, maybe one or two years old, but she felt new to me. And uh, I remember getting out of the car to, uh, when she picked me up, we got out of the car about three minutes later because I went to put money in the meter so I could open the, the, uh, the airport car park mm-hmm. door. And uh, my daughter just kicked off massively in the car because she felt that I was leaving her again. Oh, boy. So I'd been away maybe 10 days and, and I just stuck in my mind the, the cry and, and, and I turned around and a little hand like trying to pull me back into the car 
And then I thought, wow, that, that's what life's about. I can't leave for that girl. That girl needs me. What, what, what am I doing? Spending 10 days away from her. She needs a dad. So there's things that I could ignore, like the health, but I can't ignore someone else's feelings. And I, I couldn't yeah. ignore my kids. When you boil it down, you realize that, as you said, you know, the nice cars, the, the, the money, the success, the traveling, everything that, you know, we try to, you know, just project as what makes a successful man, a successful individual. When you realize, when you boil it down, when you talk all about all that, it's meaningless. But when you have an individual showing you through her own words, because if she's one, she's barely got a couple of words, but you understood very clearly what was being told to you. I need you. I am sad to even consider the aspect that you're leaving again. And this is the only way I can manifest it. It's not just a crying kid. It's someone reaching out in, in very big, in sadness and in concern. And it's something as a father, I totally understand that, you know, you just say that I'm like, Oh, wow. You know, kids, kids aren't dumb. Kids, kids will let you know. And it's something you need to consider. Yeah. It was a real, it was a real metaphor. It is an opener. It is an opener, but um, for all of us, you know, who's, who trying, cause I always like to talk about the leap. What I talk about the leap is when you understand that, you know what, I don't know where this next chapter is going to be, but I know I don't want to be in this chapter anymore. And I was, cause you talked about, you know, just opening up your own marketing firm and working for yourself and nine to five, not being something that you want to navigate with anymore. And what was, how, how did that shift happen? Was there still, is there still that, was that, that, I'm sorry, was the hesitation still there? I'm going to say, well, yeah, I'm going to have to cut back on my lifestyle and, but I'm going to go work for myself. And cause we're always, everybody's talking about being an entrepreneur and opening up your own business and everything, but there are some real concerns because again, your dreams cost money still, but what's that dialogue like when you're at that chapter one of your new life? Yeah, you need buy-in and support from your family. So, you know, I said to my wife, I said, look, this, this is what I need to do. I need to, I need to stop doing this. And I was really, really not happy. And I've, and I've said this to a friend today. I said, if, if you stare into your takeaway on a Sunday evening and you think, oh, my, I've got to go to work tomorrow, that's time to go. And that, that, that might be easy for some people to listen to now and go, yeah, that sounds easy, you know, but we, we've got to go to work but you just spend so much of your, of your life at work. You know, I don't know if you've ever done this, right? But like mm-hmm. take an Ikea or any other furniture stores, tape measure is available. Mm-hmm. Ikea tape measure. And you've got a hundred centimeters on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now think about how long you're going to live. And let's just say you're going to live to 85. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cut 15 centimeters off that. All right. And let's just say, you're, I don't know. Let's just say you're 50. Okay. Are you 40? Listen to this. Let's just say you're 40. Mm-hmm. So now you cut another 40 years off that Ikea tape measure. What does that leave you with, Olivia? 55, take away from 80. So 60, 30 years? Yeah. Right. Okay. You've got 30 years left. I'm just, circ- I'm, I'm just circling this as, as, as I talk here. Yeah. And, and this is me. I've got 30 years, right? I've got 30 years. What am I going to do? What am I going to do in them 30 years? Because the, the, when I'm getting towards 85, I'm not skateboarding like it was yesterday with my daughter. I'm not leaping around, jumping and surfing and bodybuilding and, and boxing. Cause I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be getting frailer. So let's just call that 20 years, 20 years of, of work. What, what am I going to do? And what I'm not going to do is sit in a job that I don't like. 
So when people are listening to this thinking, oh yeah, it's easy for Ian to say, you know, I don't want to, on a Sunday night go to work on a Monday. Well, you don't. Because no one's coming to save you. It's on you. So you've only got 15, 20, 30 years left. You kind of have to do something with them, you know? It's criminal if you don't. And it's criminal if you're going to sit and try to wait till you retire. Because you know the story, Olivier. You yes. know how many people retire and then what happens? They drop off the branch. For sure. So the insanity comes and mental health starts to decline. And then, of course, the, the dialogue starts, well, I could have done, could have, should have, would I, could have, what could I have done? 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 That is a very, very sad conversation to have with yourself. It totally isn't. And I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to do that. So when, you know, going back to your original question about, you know, what did that conversation look like? I said, my wife, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not working for somebody and growing their business for them to, you know, betray me or take all the money that I'd earned for them. I need to do something for me. And I want to do something with integrity. You know, Olivia, I want to start a business that I believed in. And if you're in sales, the hardest thing in sales is to sell something you don't believe in. Oh, yeah. You know? So I thought, no, I'm going to start a sales and marketing company. I'm going to help people grow their businesses with integrity by creating relationships, by not, you know, reaching out on LinkedIn and trying to sell them something on the first date. You know, I want to create something with real integrity. And there's lots of work out there. There's lots of customers and clients need our help, you know, and you will not starve, you know, cut back on everything and you will not starve. And you've got to take that first leap and you've got to believe in yourself. And if you do believe it, it'll happen. And, you know, in my opinion, you just have to have that belief. There we go. With, again, going back to uh, faith, confidence, and the audacity to believe. Because if I can't convince you of something that I, I could want, to, I, like, like, okay, let's just take a physical example. Like, okay, I, you know you need to, to lose weight. I could say, I'm going to pick you up at 5 a.m., I'm going to drive you to the gym. We're going to get on the rack and we're going to, if you don't believe it, I'm wasting my time. I don't care. Even if you're physically there, I know that if I cannot plant the seed of faith and belief, like if you don't inherently believe it, we're going, it's an uphill battle that we'll never win. You have to believe that it's possible. And a lot of people are still at the, the threshold of believing in themselves to the point where the conversation we hear often, I'm sure you hear that as well. Well, what can I do? All I have is this job. And like, you know, I'm not a business person. Like, you know, Ian's like had a fantastic corporate career. Of course he could possibly transition. Like, you know, Ian's got it figured out. I'm just Joe. I'm just here in my cubicle. I'm just putting in my hours. Like what, what else is there? And that's not the right conversation you should be having. It's like, okay, what else is there? What would you want to do? And I'm not sure if that's something you hear often, the, the excuses that we make up, you know, that preventing us from taking that next step. Yeah, I've heard these from, from cl close friends of mine. I've heard of them saying, I'd love to start a business, Ian. You know, I'd love to do what you did and just break the corporate chains and go off on my own. I think I'll do it next year. What I'll do is I'll save up a little bit of money and then the kids will be a bit older and then we'll have that holiday. Actually, what I'll do, I'll move house. No, no, I'll buy a car. Yeah, we'll buy the car first and then the kids will be... And then just you're procrastinating. You're always looking away because you don't want to take the decision. You don't want to take it on that day and you have to. If, if you feel like that now, then you do it now. You don't say, yeah, I feel like this now and I'm going to wait three years. Three years, you might even be here. And I'm sorry, but that, that's just the way life is. That's a fact. 
He's got to take, he's got to do it now on day one, like right now. And, they, and Joe in his cubicle can do all sorts. There's nothing Joe can not do. Okay, I know he can't fly, right? But physically, humans, right? There's nothing you can't do. I know we're in a little bit of craziness at the moment with the pandemic, but you know, mightn't be able to fly anywhere. But in a normal world, Olivier, I could pack my bag now and I could see you tomorrow. I could come and see you tomorrow and have this conversation in person. It's true. That's nothing true. I can't, there's nothing we can't do. Nothing at all. And that is the, that's, that's the, the, the keystone, isn't it? In regards to how we go about achieving uh, that quote unquote best self that all of us, I really do inherently believe that all of us are seeking with because everybody goes with that questioning of what am I here for? What am I here for? What am I here for? How can I have meaning? You talked about this as well, like, you know, leaving a legacy, having, you know, going about your day or your journey with purpose, you know, and I think that's a word that throws a lot of people off because they think purpose, they think of, you know, curing cancer or just like, okay, feeding 1 million children. You know, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? How do we interpret that word? Eden? Cause it's and sometimes a little bit, you know, too woo woo for some people. How do you define your own purpose? <laughs> do you know what it is? Sometimes you don't know your own purpose. I believe that sometimes you have to go looking for it because it isn't going to come to you and it's not going to appear overnight. And it mightn't be a thought. You might not sit and go, yeah, I've always wanted to build a school in Tanzania and I've always wanted to, you know, save a thousand children from obesity. You know, I think sometimes you have to experience things to understand what your purpose is. And I'll give you an example of that. I um, I sit on the board of a charity here in the UK mm-hmm. and I decided one day that I loved it so much that I wanted to try to do more, but I didn't know what. So I decided to give myself a challenge. And I don't know if you've heard this story, but I decided I was going to volunteer my time 101 times. And every time I'd write about it, I'd write a blog style, you know, I'd write a little blog about it. And what Mm -hmm. I'd do with them blogs is I'd write a book. So I'd write a book on volunteering 101 times. Now, I didn't want to volunteer 10 times because anyone could do that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to set myself a target. Now, the thing with the purpose of our journey is you don't know what the end of that looks like. And you don't know who you're going to meet along the way, you know? So I'll give you an example is that I was cleaning the beach in my local town and my wife had been on um, garden leave for a year mm-hmm. because she'd been getting bullied at work and she was in a very, very bad place. And uh, I was on a beach clean and I was talking to one of the chaps on the, on, the, on the beach when we had bags and gloves and we were picking up with little tongs, all the rubbish that people had left behind. And I just got chatting to him and he said, oh, my wife organizes these. And I said, oh, you know, who's your wife? And he told, her, told me her name. And he said, yeah, she has an estate agent. And I said, oh, my wife is an estate agent, actually. But I said, she's, she's not doing too good at the moment. You know, our job isn't working out for her. Anyway, that was on the Monday evening. The next day, I get a Facebook request of a lady, and it was that lady, uh, that husband's, uh, that guy's uh, wife. Mm-hmm. And she said, I know you were talking to my husband last night about your, your wife, and she's not happy. Well, I'm looking for somebody to, uh, you know, come and work with me. So um, I said, right, okay, well, here's, here's my wife's details. So on the Wednesday, they, they had a telephone conversation. On the Thursday, they went and met. On the Friday, she offered her the job. And on the Monday, she accepted the job. Wow. So on that Monday, when I was walking around collecting rubbish off the, the beach, I did have no idea that my wife would be working with somebody who I'd never just met that evening, his wife. Wow. A week later. 
So when we're talking about purpose, when we're talking about journey, you have to love the journey and you have to be open to experiences. Now, you're not going to get experiences like that if you're sitting watching Netflix. You have to step out of the door and you have to open your heart, open yourself to experiences and meet people. You know, that could be going to the local tennis club, that could be going to Zumba classes or whatever. You just never know who you're going to meet and who you're going to meet on this journey that we call life. And you and I met Olivier mm-hmm. remotely over WhatsApp group. And now look, we're talking here. So who knows what our purpose is? Our purpose could be something we've got no idea. You know, you, you see some people who unfortunately have accidents and then the next thing you know, they're starting a charity because of the accident that they had where they lost some limbs or they might be in the Olympics now because they're in the disability Olympics. You just don't know where your journey is going to go, but you have to have your heart and your mind open to change and be, and be ready to accept the purpose. And, you know, as you were saying that, the fact that you talk so openly about, you know, just opening up ourselves because we're so... We're we're very public on, on all the social medias trying to project our best our best self. But if we're going back to the inner self in regards to being open and curious, that's what makes human beings, isn't there? These connections and the 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 daring to actually open up to other people, new experiences and cultures and adventures, and you never know what can happen. And I wanted to I just wanted to bring this home because when we are facing with that doubt. And that, hmm, what if this doesn't work? Or should I maybe? Because you could have just talked to chap and tell him like, yeah, yeah, my wife is everything. And then you could just like disregarded that Facebook request because, you know, sometimes, you know, we just see those requests from random people and then we just disregard them. Ah, she's not serious. But to dare, to believe and how we, well, I want to phrase this question properly um, because sometimes people spend so much time just looking behind our shoulder and seeing the time that they wasted and they refuse to first of all accept that more is possible and they refuse to forgive themselves you know because they spend so much time blaming and shaming and having again that toxic dialogue and just opening up their eyes and their hearts to you know what let me leave this be and let's move forward and i was wondering if you could just help people dealing with that whirlwind of you know yeah, but I lost so much time. I should have, like, I've got so much weight to lose and I spent so much time in this job and what else is there? What else is there? What else is there? What's the point, Ian? What's the point of putting in the effort? What is the point of making that sacrifice or that effort? Is it really worth it? Because that's something we hear a lot. And that's something I'm trying to just break down. And I'm wondering if you had words of wisdom for people still dealing with that. Yeah, I mean, you probably heard the story, you know, when's the best time to to plant a a tree and people will say 20 years ago and what's the next best time to plant the tree and it's today that's tomorrow you you just have to start you you can't look back and go i wish i'd done that 20 years ago i wish i'd started a podcast five years ago You, you can't you can't change time but you can you can change tomorrow and you can change today so, you know, sometimes you, you talk there about, you know, people procrastinating or being around negative people and sharing these kind of, oh, yeah, I don't like him. I don't like her. Who does she think she is? And all that. These people can kind of club together. And it's like a problem shared, a problem halved. If everyone's mourning together, they kind of feel good, you know, and, and it, it makes them feel better about themselves. What you need to do is distance yourselves from that. And you probably heard you're the average of the five people that you hang with. Always. Now, looking at, looking at my 
my group, I've got people who are, you know, social workers and teachers and very diverse people. But when you scratch beneath them, the good people, and, and that's who we need to surround yourself with. So it's about taking the courage to maybe step away from, from some of those people that bring you down and then just looking forward and thinking, who do I actually want to be? And if it isn't for you, it could be for your kids. Now you mentioned legacy to me. Now think about what do you, what do you want your children to say about mom or dad? You know, Oh, my dad does this. And it wouldn't be great if you could hear them and how proud of proud of you they are, you know, or alternatively, my worry is, when I'm six feet under Olivier, right, and everyone's sitting in the pub and they raise a pint to Ian, what do, what do I want them to say? You know, I want them to say, I oh, he's a good guy. You know, he, he helped people. He achieved this. Yeah, I just want to do something for me, for my family, for my kids. So if it isn't for you, do it for other people. Maybe, you know, that could be your purpose. But, you, but, you know, going back to what we said, you just have to start. Start. It starts with a decision. You just have to start. We're not talking about perfect. We're talking about getting started. You know, just get up, get up, turn off Netflix, put your shoes on, get up, make that call, go for that walk, you know, just make that decision. It, you just have to start. Man, Ian, so many gems. Uh, I can't, I can't even help you understand, you know, the energy that you're sending me from across the pond right now, because I'm just like so jazzed when these things happen and so much wisdom, so much heart. Um, again, I can't thank you enough for this wonderful time, uh, this wonderful uh, sharing of energy, because I understand that, you know, all we have in this life is time. And no matter what you want to tell yourself, it is the one resource that we can't get back. So the fact that you accept to actually bring us, you know, just your heart, your, your, your terrific energy, your wisdom, your wise words. It, for me, it's a thrill and an honor, and I can't thank you enough. Um, running tradition on the podcast. The last question, just opening up the floor to the guest. A kind word, a kind thought, a sonnet, a quote, uh, just a daily routine. Someone that, anything that someone can pick up, you know, as a next step. You know, help them towards that next step, towards the next level. What can we leave the listeners with? Yeah, I just, before that, I'd just like to thank you, Olivier, to be honest, because some of the things that you're doing, you're changing lives, man, you know? So, so thank you on behalf of the listeners. Oh, man. Your podcast, so you're doing great things. So well done to you. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. You know, I mentioned my dad quite a lot. And my father's father was a coal miner here in the UK. And my dad was a shipbuilder. And I learned a lot from these people who aren't entrepreneurs, who aren't businessmen. And the one thing my dad said to me and it always stuck in my mind is, son, you've got to be able to look at yourself in the mirror. And I live my life that way because I don't want to step on anybody. I don't want to do any scrupulous, unscrupulous deals or you know, try to bend things any way that I want them. Mm-hmm. You have to play a straight bat and you've got to look at yourself in the mirror. If you do that, everything will be fine. Wow. All about, again, looking at yourself in the mirror and taking ownership of the one that's there. Man, Ian, my friend, it's a pleasure and a thrill. And just, uh, you know, just over the interwebs, where can the listeners connect with you, my friend? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Twitter. I don't know if any any of you or any of your guests, uh, your guests or your listeners are. And it's Ian underscore Farah. You can catch me or you can just catch me on the Industry Angel podcast. Um, Just like you, Olivia, I love to spread 
um, my thoughts and guests across the world. So yeah, I'd love to connect. Such a great catalog. I'm so jealous, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm, I'm, I'm coming up to 200 episodes soon, so it's exciting times. That's a great celebration, man. Especially with those, those, I, I really don't understand how you do that. Those marathons, those 18 hour long live streams. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but it's a terrific initiative. Getting all such a stellar uh, catalog of guests together, just, uh, just, just shoot the breeze and share their knowledge. That's also a very big thing. I'll definitely link up all the, and all the, uh, all the appropriate links uh, on the show notes when the episode goes live. But Ian, again, you know, I'm repeating myself, but thank you so much. And again, as you know, we'll still connect on WhatsApp. But, you know, you know, you're always welcome. You know that. Thanks, man. And th thanks to everyone who's listening here. And, and I wish you well. Guys, another episode of Awaken the Awesome Podcast in the can with my guest, Ian Farah. Guys, as always, we're all about awesomeness on this wonderful journey. For wherever these words find you, please, as always, do stay blessed, stay safe. And as always, do stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome Podcast. We always love to get your feedback. So please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.